Yeah, man, it was pretty crazy. And I said, wrecked him. It nearly killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe Weekly Shoot. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rogg. Jimmy, what week is it, man? January 12. How you doing, dude? I'm doing really good. It was a good week this past week. Put some good videos out there. And uh, I bet the person that benefited uh, the most was was Madi, who put together that, uh, <laughs> that Spider-Man bootleg comic. Right. Shouts to Madi and shouts to everybody who checked out that video. Uh, but we have a Patreon out there and uh the people who are able to buy those comics before anybody else the dude sold out yes you know short long story short the dude sold out sent pictures to us of his studio and was like this ain't even half the orders so the rest of his print run disappeared and the people at the king kayfaber level were able to uh to scoop that comic up before anybody and the way that you do that i'm gonna put something in the chat right this minute yeah, when we talk about kayfabe effect, this is the perfect illustration of the kayfabe effect. Yeah, it's amazing. And and it's almost like a model. It could be a model for for uh, somebody because this dude just got a whole lot more eyeballs than he had before. I would imagine an exponential amount, you know, like like tagging homeboy's name in the post. Like I saw he got at least 500 uh, followers on Instagram like that day. So hit up our Patreon. We have various levels there. And uh, what that grants you is various amounts of videos before everybody else gets them. But here's the thing. The, the weekly shoot is our Thursday video. And we shoot at least seven videos a week, which means there are videos that are building up that nobody's going to get to see until, you know, me and Jimmy want to go to Hawaii again or go to Japan <laughs> again and uh, decide to take a powder. Then those vids go out. You get the shot first to uh, get those books, and uh, it pays for itself. The second there's something you want out there that uh, turn, turns out to be a hundred bucks uh, by that Start afternoon. Start flipping those bootleg Spider-Mans. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the hot book in our Wizard coverage, Ed. If we uh, if we were the ones running Wizard to this very day, that's goddamn right, man. Top top ten hot book last week. We shot a uh, we shot a uh, video commentary track like based on a documentary I guess you would call it which was super fun. One of the cool things with the with the Patreon too is that we got enough people in there that I'm able to almost uh, test market our vids and see oh, what's what's attracting yeah. the most people. And then I've been scheduling things like accordingly. Like if something really pops, it's like all right, man. Like we got we got a ten thousander. On, on our docket. So it's, it's very valuable in, in both ways. I don't know if you're supposed to tell them that. It's all good, the man. Guinea pigs. K it's kayfabe. Like, uh, we're, we're <laughs> all about true. breaking breaking kayfabe Very, here. very true. We got a good round of stuff that we're going to be recording in about a half hour, dude. Uh, some super rare comics and some stuff that I would hazard to say uh, you're not going to be able to find very, very easily. Uh, there are some new bootleg formats out there that I'm excited to show you. I showed you a little bit before uh, we recorded, and that is going to fucking make people go bananas. It made, it made me go bananas. Yeah. I say it all the time, the kayfabe effect hits me first. Yeah. That bootleg is something that it kind of blew my mind. Yeah. I am super excited to sit down and talk about it a little bit, and very excited to share it with the world at large. Yeah. And again, join the Patreon, get in on the ground floor of this, because this is something new. Really I is. had not seen anything like this before. Totally. It's the most exciting thing in the world Yeah, to, to really find something that like I've never seen before and I'm super excited. It's going to be a good video. And the way things work is that uh, we, we record, we set up a live stream for our biggest supporters uh, on Patreon. They, they, they hang out with us the entire time. And you and I, we, we go our separate ways. After our recording session, I immediately get to, to uh, editing the videos 
and just start uploading them one after another. So there will be at least four videos uh, live today, maybe five, you know, depending on, on your schedule. Maybe seven. Maybe seven. You know, like I, I like I like devoting Thursday to KFA yes. business. And then you have six days a week to basic or like, you know, five and a half because you got to read the books that, that we're talking about. Uh, devoted to comics and uh i don't know about you man i had a good comic book uh drawn week this i had a week. good comic book writing week yeah you've been into in this process of like starting your day you said in one of the videos and that video may or may not have gone out yet uh but you said in one of your videos that you've been starting your day doing some some headspace stuff doing some writing yes i i've, I've been getting up at five in the morning go to the gym come home shower eat breakfast and then hit the chair the writing chair yeah at nine and write for two hours and it's based on, I think, the the war on art I'm going to give credit to, which I haven't read. I've heard podcasts with the author. I think that's the title of the book. But it's the idea of creating space for the muse. But I've been reading tons of stuff. You know that thing of, like, you're intaking? Um, so I've just got all this stuff in my head, not sure exactly what the next book's going to be, but shaping it so it's ready to be yeah. something. I don't know if ultimately it's the one that I'll draw next, but it's real close to drawn form at this point. Um, and it's nonfiction, so it's been a lot of like just research and gathering stuff, and it's kind of been fun. Um, I read, as everybody knows, tons of wrestling books. Yes. Um, who knows? Maybe that'll end up being a future, uh, you know, find its way onto my comics pages in the future. But it's so interesting to me to see the stuff where there is a little journalism applied, and you get all these different stories. And it's stuff where it's like birth dates are different. And in my head, it's like, <laughs> how can this be? Like, this is a factual piece of information, but... As time passes and the sources go away, like it gets, you know, birth date, you ought to be able to track down. But depending on how old your your, your subject is, like, who knows? If it's 200 years ago, yeah. there might not be a good record of that kind of information. And it's it's kind of interesting to go through and see multiple sources reporting factual stuff differently. <laughs> Nothing is better than that than wrestling or the CIA. That's sure. another one where you get some cloudy, uh, cloudy reports. But it's kind of fun to go through those sources and try to sort out. Because, like, if I'm going to make a story with one of these things... yeah. You also are putting your own spin on it. You sure. Know, like, like it's based on a true story or it's nonfiction, but how accurate is it? I wasn't there. Yeah. And you're putting words in people's mouths. So it's it's uh, it's been interesting going down that route because I don't know that I've done anything substantial that was nonfiction. Right. Yeah. And and it's it's definitely the, like that's a model, you know, like it, this year is the, the 10th year anniversary of Hip Hop Family Tree being in print. Congratulations. Yeah, it's wild to think that, that it was uh, that long ago. It's so always like... exciting to me whenever New Year's roll around and you do the post of like, I forget what, I guess it would have been t uh, 2012. 2012. When I did it of like starting that yeah. right around New Year's. And it's always like, man, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And 10 years, not that long ago to think of what that what that thing is. Change, change my life in, 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 a, in, a, in a giant way, man. But uh, that was... A lot of perfect storms uh, because like the New York publishers were starting to kind of figure out the model of graphic novels a little better. You know, like I I was in there pretty early with the Harvey P. Carr stuff and they did not have their shit together at all. Like you had to basically you had to basically live on um, savings for a year before you turned something in just the way that they boilerplated their contracts with prose authors in mind. You know, like a, a novelist might take a lot of guys take six months to write their book and uh, does not take six months to draw 155 pages of an extremely dense Harvey Picar script about the geopolitical destabilization of the Balkan region. <laughs> you don't just dash that out? No. <laughs> That's before that. That was like right when Google image search kind of 
was a little more viable, but still not all all there. It was still, you know, you type in Macedonia, like you're getting a couple drawings of uh, etchings of Alexander the Great or something. Yeah. It wasn't there. Who knows the trials and tribulations of comic book artists, right? Who thinks of this stuff? Right. <laughs> I had a four-page week, though. May I show off some pages, Jimmy? Please do. That's, uh, when, when we started hanging out, man, uh, we would do this kind of thing. We'll get together. It was every Wednesday, every new comic day. And then come armed with our pages and kind of share them and all that stuff. But, like, you know, you and I are here with the Kayfabe audience, an audience of many, many makers. So, fuck it, man. I'll, I'll keep myself accountable and, and show off the, the week's bounty. A four-page week is a good week. Uh, but the, the thing is that some of those, I was able to uh, create, like, a template for a panel board. Like, uh, I'll just show this shit and shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, hopefully... I like the accountability thing. I've been thinking about that a lot because uh, we talked about New Year's resolutions last week, and I'm trying to get all kinds of stuff back in order. It's been, it's been a hectic couple of years in my life personally. Yeah. The accountability is such a big thing, and I feel like we can use these weeks, Ed, almost like our old weekly meetups. That's what I'm saying. Where it's like, bring the work. What have you done? What's up this week? And and try to stick to it. You know, like I was thinking of New Year's resolutions that everybody does and they fall away. Yeah. They should be monthly resolutions. Oh, totally. You know, evaluate how that month went. Make some adjustments, and if you fell off the uh, the wagon or the horse, get back on on the next one. I learned uh, muzzle flash from Steve Dillon. Interesting. Like he would do in preacher comics, yeah. he, he would do like it's finger painting. You know, you just put the ink on the on the fingertip and just kind of dab it around. Uh, my innovation to it is just hitting that white gel pen for like the flash, yep. and then maybe some like white dabs to uh, sort of accentuate things. So, like, my story is about this guy, the cryptocurrency keeper, who's a YouTuber, and this page shows his growth. So, like, at the start, he's just very lo-fi. The middle one, he's getting a little bit more production values. Same, same Yeti mic, by the way. Like, <laughs> both, both of our Yeti mics, you see, top panel is just our mic right here. That's fine. And then the middle panel is my mic that's on the drawing table right here. And then, uh, you know, so our third step, Jimmy, will have full costumes and self-fleshlights that yes. are dedicated cartoons yeah, I feel like we're slightly behind schedule on the Fleshlight uh, in, in the history of it, podcasts. It'll, it'll be one of Blue first Chew. sponsors, right? Yeah, Blue Chew. Well, I, think I, th I think we're in the Blue Chew era now. You might be right about that. Yeah, and I, and I bet you there's some cartoonists out there and comics fans that could use that. That's true. We sit around a lot. Not the healthiest lifestyle, so yeah, yeah, yeah. use some help. Yeah, but even if you don't need it, I forget what the Bubba the Love Sponge call it, man. The, 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 the Rattler, he called it. He like, he like, take a couple of Blue Chews, take a Cialis, man, and then uh, even if you don't need it, you recharge quicker from what I understand. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so, yes, it was it was a good four-page week. I'd, I'd love to keep on that trajectory, man, because I got about two and a half issues to draw. just talked with the publisher um, two days ago to set up basically the next couple years of Fantagraphics releases. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. So there's going to be lots of news. And uh, I, th I feel like you, you soft released or announced some stuff with some of the stuff that you're showing off on on your on your instas and things like that man with uh where street angels concerned and stuff but i yeah i'm doing a new street angel collection of the first street angel stuff basically everything that's not in deadliest girl alive will be in a new collection princess of poverty coming out from image comics right now it's scheduled for may but i have not finalized the contract so it's possible that that may get pushed back but i'm hoping to finalize that tomorrow yeah um it's available for pre-order now online. So let's, let's... Princess of Poverty, Street Angel, start pre-ordering it now wherever you get your books. And uh, that'll be out May 
probably June at the latest if something, uh, you know, if we have a hiccup here or there. Let's pound that pavement, man. Like, if the pre-order's up there, meaning it's on, like, a uh, Amazon? I it think? is, yes. Oh, dude, like, guys, you got to go there, pre-order that thing right this minute uh, because the, the way that you support the channel is to buy our books. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, when we have these new releases, it's been very cool how the uh, kayfabe audience has showed up to support the work. It's going to be nice on the shelf, too. Of course, I'm designing it in mind with like sitting next to Deadliest Girl Live because that'll be the complete Street Angel. Everything that I've done so far in Street Angel will be in those two volumes. And uh, one of the books that we've looked at recently that we have not made live yet, uh, a, a very good 90s zine. I may be stealing some some ideas content wise of how to present an older work and sort of like have some running commentary throughout the book. Genius. So, uh, yeah, I'm putting that book together now. I love building the books. That's a very fun activity. Um, creating a bunch of new artwork for it, of course. Right. And uh, yeah, that's going really well. I sent two skateboard deck designs away this week for new Street Angel skateboard decks. So more on that as those become available for everybody to order. I'm, and, glad, I'm glad you brought that up because I, because I had a skateboard company hit me up this past week. And I just wonder if this is it's the same guy and I wonder what your relationship is, like how you like it and stuff. So that so we'll put a pin in that for off camera. Sounds good. That just came to mind. I'm sorry. I have one last thing. Yes. Um this week I am painting. Nice. I have two paintings on my schedule, which is what I'm basically doing from Saturday until next Thursday, whenever we meet up again. I haven't painted in since two thousand, I think, or even nineteen ninety nine. And uh, I got canvas and everything. I'll be stretching my own canvases. I'm super psyched for it, and uh, who knows? We'll see what it, how it goes, and uh, if possible, I'll show those off if it works, and I'm and I'm able to do so. Uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, I like these weekly, yeah. you know, these little weekly like plan out what's going to happen in this next week. Like you mentioned, the number of pages. It's good to have those plans, man. And a week is a good amount of time for me to manage. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And and it's it's just like one of those things. Like, you know, I got to get at least three pages in. Um, you see sort of the level of detail in those. And, and the way I was able to get that third one done is because there just wasn't that much of a requirement. But it's got to be at least three. And if it's not, you have to reassess that week and figure out how you can sh shave off some, some, some time for yourself, man. Uh, I think, like, uh, what a lot of people do, a lot of extremely bu very busy, successful people do, is they play around like there's a 25-hour day, which would be a situation where one hour is four percent of of your day is that right yeah 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 one hour is four percent of your day at 25 so with that in mind you don't want to waste four percent on some bullshit or you know like as you're putting your schedule together you know you got to allocate accordingly like is this worth four percent of your day is this worth two percent of your headspace and they kind of manipulate their their schedules that way to just try to cram all the stuff in that they need and uh at a certain point for people at the highest levels man the stuff that makes them the most money like also doesn't exactly take all that time right. like a lot of that those four percent chunks are devoted to family and and you know relationship responsibilities yeah it's interesting i, I never think about it that way um and it's kind of good i could even see going like 10 hour work day and then it's 10% as an hour. Yeah. You know, and, and really focus on the work part. It'd yeah. be nice to have a 10, 10 hour work day someday in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I, I got a little stack of some other stuff here. Like, I got so much shit in Japan, Jimmy, about, about 600 pounds worth of, of books. So much of it shipped. But there are things that, um, 
that probably won't exactly yield an episode, or maybe it will, you know, but like, I thought that like some of the stuff would be kind of cool to show off. Like, uh, we did an episode on the first issue of Kamui from, from Viz, Viz Comics, and, and like, that was one, probably one of my earliest manga that, that I ever checked out. I'm a giant mark for that, the Sanpei Shirado stuff. So like, when I was at Mandarake shopping with Uncle Jeff, he pointed out this um, biography of a, of a Grizzly comic. It's, it's full color. And Jeff was like, you know, the cool thing about this is it's nearly silent. And it's almost like Bambi, except it's Grizzly Bear. That book looks amazing. I flipped through it before we started recording. Yeah. And uh, you know what it made me think of is Bissett's Tyrant. Yeah. You know, the idea of taking an animal and really chronicling its life from birth to death. Yeah. It's a cool idea, and that book looks amazing. Yeah, he was real, sh you know, firing on all cylinders at that point. But then uh, this is the stuff where Jeff just, like, bought bags of shit and just was like, here, Ed, it's a poison gift for you. Now, <laughs> now you have to carry 20 pounds of books around. But I think uh, we got some, like, Kamui Den, which is the OG Kamui. I think this is a Kamui also. I love that box, that, that uh, like, the box for that. It's when, very industrial looking. Like, you can see the staples and stuff how it's put together. Kind of makes me want to do my own box set now. I know what you mean, man. No, Slipcase, I guess they would call it. You can see the art is Kamui-ish, but th this is not, not Kamui. Um, but, you know. What a book. Walking around with a 600-pager from Nakano Broadway. And it, when you go to the Mandarakis there, there's everything's spying out. Mm -hmm. You know, like I was talking to people who, who just came back from Japan with the uh, Center for Court... No, no, no. The... Uh, the Columbus people. CXC. CXC. Uh, or I guess like CCAD. CC. Yeah, It's yeah. all kinds of stuff there. Yeah. A lot of comics energy in Columbus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, the spine out thing was a bummer because they didn't have an EDP amount of time to be out there. They had like six days and maybe one day at the Mandarake. Because like what I would do is go out there and just be there the whole day. Get lunch there and just yank stuff off and check it out. But at Nakano Broadway, there, there would be pool tabs like little tabs sticking out and it will have the name of like right. the biggest mangaka so there's like the sanpei shirado section and they keep the key they cluster those guys so the otomo stuff is you know on this wall but like the sanpei shirado stuff is here and in between there's like the whole bookshelf that's all uh gogo 13s you know 150 volumes of gogo right. 13 and then you have your gona guy and then all the gona guy disciples like Kazi Shinobu and Ken Ichikawa are like underneath the Gonagai. It's set up so fucking crisply. Uh, one of the things that I didn't bring to show off here is I grabbed a couple Goseki Kojima pre Lone Wolf and Cub joints. With that, with that were completely written, paced by him, just out of curiosity. Because right. like that's the other thing that kind of sucks is they have all their shit in fucking bags at uh, those those stores. Even you can't even go through the weekly mags at, at the uh, Lawson anymore. Um. They try to clean things up for the 2020 Olympics because they just didn't want to deal with Gaijin <laughs> looking in Young, Young Magazine with these. They should, Mandaraki should have like uh, English speakers. They do. That are, um, well, no, 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 that, that are like there to be like your guide. You know, like you should be able to like pay them for the service of like, okay, you're going to, you're going to walk me through here. I'll tell you what I'm looking for. <laughs> you can point this stuff out to me. They're, they're How there. valuable is that? I'm telling you, like, like you ask for something and or show picture. And then you will have a guy with you doing that until until you're satisfied. I had a bad experience with that. Out there? Yeah. Uh, that's too bad. Was, it, uh, was it the Akihabara or Nakano Broadway? Um, it was uh, it was Nakano Broadway, mm. but it was I was looking for stuff like you you know you hold up a picture and stuff yeah. and 
and uh, they kind of looked around and were like, we don't have that. And you know, I'm browsing and I found it and it was like, oh man, now I got to think about every single thing I've looked for and didn't find. <laughs> Are there other things that have been overlooked? <laughs> I, uh, the going out there the first time, like I had, pe I had people who kind of introduced me to like the managers and like all that kind of stuff. And like the vice president took us out to dinner and I realized that what they see me as now and saying a bad thing is, uh, it's like that episode of Sopranos where they go to the, they go to the uh, casino and like one of the bartender chicks is like, oh, you could just take the helicopter. And then they're like, oh yeah. And then now the guy who runs the casino is like talking to the boss who, you know, pays for the fuel for the helicopter. And he's like, oh yeah, the guy spent, you know, $300 on chips or something like that kind of thing. Like, you know, the big willies get, get the, get the king treatment, man, those dudes, they took us out for a five Wagyu and Kobe beef dinner. <laughs> So like I think they they see us as like we like we would we would get the helicopter ride, you know me and the crew would get the helicopter ride with the amount of loot that we spent. Yes, definitely. I just finished the Stan Hansen biography and he spends a lot of time in Japan and yeah. talking about that and talks about Wagyu beef and Kobe beef and how grateful he was to have sponsors that would pay for those meals for him. We're talking like the the uh, the the A five Wagyu, it'll be like a cube like this. And they're so um, proud of getting that designation. And it's such a big deal that there's like a little um, toothpick with like a little certificate of authenticity that it was certified as A5 Wagyu. And when you eat that stuff, you can only eat a couple of cute, like maybe five or six of these. Because the way it works is the little, the fat is distributed. Um, it looks like lunch meat almost, mm. where like a salami, where there's just like little like fat dots all throughout. But what happens is when you heat that stuff up, that fat just melts into the meat, and it is so rich. There's no way you could have like a whole steak of that because you probably shit your pants before you get home. <laughs> but uh, you know, a little little dab will do ya. And they hook that stuff up, man. And also, <laughs> it was so funny that. Highball is the drink of of choice for for uh, a lot of the J the Japanese uh, salary men and shit. Man, you see that on the menu everywhere. Highball, highball. I don't know what that is. It sounds like old person drink, like a, some shit that Frank Sinatra would drink. But uh, when these guys start getting highballs in them, I can't. I completely forgot to tell this story, man. Uh, when they start getting the, their highballs in them, then they start talking about their celebrity customers, and uh, the the <laughs> I have to use a. Uh, hand gestures to, to, to sort of get it across because like their their english is limited some of some of these dudes that took us out and uh he would be like this one dude would be like kanye west shibuya mandarake goes in a cell statue akira toriyama art book otomo otomo doujinshi like that <laughs> doujinshi <laughs> And he's like, this, 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 doujinshi. <laughs> Just talking about like the porn comics that Kanye West is buying at the Shibuya Mandarake. <laughs> so drunk and like turning red in the nose and face. That's and all that hilarious. Stuff. And then he was talking about like uh, Nicolas Cage buying all kinds of weird shit. Oh, I bet. And, uh, you know, I always thought like, oh man, yeah, we're big willies. Like I'm getting four luggages full of, full of stuff. And he's like, oh, Garo del, del Toro. He comes with six luggages. <laughs> he leaves with 13 luggages. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I was thinking six like you're being challenged. Like, you could probably do six, Ed. Six this year. 
13. 13. 13's a, that's a commitment. Yes, sir, man. <laughs> and, and I think it was during COVID time, Guillermo del Toro put a tweet out showing he had a, a guest house. And it's only now that I've been starting to meet like rich ass motherfuckers that have guest houses. And it's basically, it's like a pool house. It's like a simple, it's almost like a log cabin type thing, you know, have its own bathroom and stuff, but it's like one big room, but it's four walls, but it's gigantic and, and sexy. And uh, Guillermo del Toro showed off a tweet of his, the guest house on his property, but it's his like manga hut. And just a giant library of all his manga art books and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's like that's some of the shit that he, he went and, and pulled out. Are you getting the targeted ads from the MoMA with uh, the Pinocchio Guillermo del Toro art exhibit that's up right now with all the stop motion puppets and shit? I haven't seen it. it fucking looks amazing. Yeah, man. I bet. I'm sure. It's so cool. I keep getting those ads and I'm like, God damn it. I might have to take a freaking trip to New York. I'm, I'm too old now, man. I hit, I hit 40 in 2022 and what i used to do when it would be something fresh like that is you go downtown 7 a.m you catch the amtrak and get to new york at four, like 4 30 you go do what you're going to do because i would go there for um rap shows and shit you go do your thing but you have to be out by 11 to catch the bolt bus back mm. and it'll drop you off where you where you got on at 7.30 the next day. So it's yeah. like a 24-hour session, and you hope to get a little sleep on the on the bus back. But uh, can't be doing that anymore. That ain't no. happening. That's that's a tough 24 hours for <laughs> sure. Cool, man. So I don't know, Jimmy. I feel like I'm in a talkative state at this at this moment. I got to show off one more of your books. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flip Check through this one because I, I really get excited over this. I picked this up uh, before you come in the room, Ed, and was flipping through it. This is a Yakuza, like, like it's all one story, right? It, it's kind of built like it could have been, you know, one of their phone books with a bunch of stories, but it's all one story and it's like gangster comics. Yeah. The art is phenomenal. And you said you got this at a, like a convenience store, like a 7-Eleven kind of. These, these are built, like when you see these super thick fatties like this, these are built uh, for the convenience store. And you do see them. I didn't, these are older, like, cause like my thing is like, I can tell, I can tell when shit is digital and I like pen to paper. I like the wobbliness. I like the rawness of that. So I'm looking for Showa era comics, man. And when you go to a book off, I got these at a book off. Yeah. And uh, they were super cheap at a book off. Uh, but uh, this was like some of the only kind of comics of that era because so much contemporary stuff that, that just sells, sells, sells. Uh, but you will see these at your Lawson or 7-Eleven. And 600 yen, it's like 130 yen to, to, to a dollar. Um, we're looking at 500-page comics, and it's hardcore stuff. You know, right. These would be right next to One Piece, Tanko Bonds and stuff. But like they just don't have – it's just not that big right. of a concern – to uh, the the Japanese customers, like that, you know, some pornish you know, type it, shit. Is it's right such next a, uh, in my opinion, a respectable way to manage this stuff because what you're doing is like, if you want One Piece, you're not buying this. Yeah, you know what I mean. The subject is completely different. The tone, the look, everything. So it's kind of like, if you're not, you're not buying this. I don't think for for the uh, adult element. Right. You know, I'd be shocked if that were the case. But just tone wise, totally different. And uh, I was real impressed with it, just in terms of. I, it almost looks like a blue collar comic to me, totally. or street level. We would say, you know, like with some of the stuff that we that we've looked at in uh, in other videos. Yeah, and it feels like there, 
it's just casual. It's just so interesting that this is like a comic that you would go and buy 500 pages. It's a novel length of a material. Right. Just almost like uh, Executioner or exactly. you know, like one of those kind of like men's paperback kind of books from here, except this one happens to be in comic form. It's, it's exactly, I mean, that Remo Williams might as well be Duke Togo. Like yes. it's, it's the same energy. It's the same guys. And it's kind of the same system because like the people, the dude that created Remo Williams like wrote, what, a couple dozen Remo Williams out of the 150 Remo Williams that are out there? They create a system. And uh, the Google 13 dude created the system. I think they're still churning them shits out. The guy passed away last year, I think, mm -hmm. or, or uh, the, year, the year prior. Um, well, he does have a skyscraper to maintain, so. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> like, like, I always wanted to go check that out. The, the other guy who has a very prominent, uh, everybody was like, oh, did you go see uh, Kazuo Amezu's house? Did you go see Kazuo Mezu's house? I'm like, I did not go see it, but everybody also brought it up. And like in this one town called Kichijoji, like I guess a theme of, I, I don't notice it in the comics, but maybe it's like the covers to his original books or something. Uh, there's like a theme of black, black and red or black, black and red or like there's a stripe imagery, something like that. And his crib is black and red uh, amongst all that kind of like functional architecture, like in those like, neighborhoods yes. he's got this black and red house <laughs> wow. that, that made like the the townspeople fucking nuts like he had to go to fight court battles wow. and shit to keep his like, black and red house on brand as they say yeah totally. oh dude this is the goseki kojima comic this is the guy that drew uh lone wolf and cub but this is a comic he did before lone wolf and cub and i i could see this being an episode if we ever talk some more lone wolf and cub we should probably read one of those like Bunko editions or something. Definitely. But you see, he was he was an assistant to um, Sanpei Shirado when he was doing when Kamui Den, the more cartoony version, was out there. So this is kind of that bridge between kind of the cartoony Kamui Den and then Lone Wolf and Cub as as we know it. Yeah, I feel like you can see a lot of that work there. Yeah, and then and then Kamui becomes like a, a you know Goseki Kojima influence kind of kind of material, man. But this is one that I I want you to take a good look at after uh when we're off cam and stuff and then uh several maruo books oh nice yeah like he's got such a big library uh we make some of the people in the kayfabe audience nuts whenever we like mention maruo and pull out mr rashi's freak show because they've been looking for that for like 10 15 years and their copy's going for like a thousand dollars Pretty cool cover. Benefit of having uh, great, great local comic book sellers. Yeah, and just getting in early. Yeah. You know, like we're 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 old dudes now, Jimmy. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, getting those comics, you know, twenty years ago when it was no thing, nobody was looking for it. You know, but Maru, he's like got got those freaking chops, and and this is a, a symptom of showing it right now is just you know it's a consequence of checking out Peach Momoko's Outlaw Roots when she was kind of pulling from that energy, which is a video that we posted this past week. Uh, but Jimmy, man, it's been a half hour. Yes. You feel uh, you're in a talkative state? You're ready to roll? Let's record, go, man. Record some videos? Let's go talk comics, Ed. <laughs> what and once again, man, invite everybody to join us for that. You know, Get on our Patreon now, and you can watch us continue this conversation with, uh, with some real specific comics examples as we uh, dive in. Absolutely, man. So I just posted that link to the Patreon. Uh, jump in at the King K. Faber level. And for the King K. Fabers out there, what's cool is each week seeing more and more volume in the chat rooms showing up to those streams, Absolutely. man. Uh, what happens uh, from this very moment of this live stream, 
we keep this live stream up so you know if you snooze you you don't lose you still get this video um we're gonna tear down for about 10 15 minutes and uh the camera's gonna just blaze right back up and we're gonna be uh shooting uh this next week's round of video content uh and the king cave babe uh the King Kayfabe supporters are going to uh, be there in the chat with us. And if they're not in the chat with us, they're going to get the stream because we keep that live on the Patreon. Uh, so without further ado, Jimmy, give them the marching orders. Let's go talk comics.